Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a newly committed high school athlete that just received an athletic scholarship. He's got a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 286 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This is the world's longest running podcast for parents and athletes that explores every aspect of recruiting and athletic scholarships. It's coaching that you can apply to your family's athletic scholarship pursuit. It's primarily for parents, but athletes will benefit too. Subscribe and listen on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, or iHeart, so you can always get the latest episode as soon as it's posted on Tuesdays. You'll learn something new each episode that will take you through the athletic scholarship journey. If you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast, contact me directly at brent at recruit-me.com. This week's episode, episode 286, is myth number seven about athletic scholarships. Myth number seven is, I have to be the best player on my team to get any athletic financial aid. The truth that you find in the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system is, even if you're not a natural superstar already being recruited, an accomplished, talented athlete has a great chance of being recruited. But it won't just happen. Most athletes who don't reach that blue chip status get lost in the recruiting process, unless they market themselves. Colleges rarely have the budget for massive recruiting and scouting efforts. If a college coach doesn't know you exist, they can't recruit you. The whole premise of Recruit Me is to help underexposed high school student athletes get recruited. If you are a blue chipper, like the truth about the myth said earlier, then you don't really need to work at the recruiting process like a late developing or an underexposed high school student athlete. I say this about every other episode that every recruiting journey will be different based on your sport, your size, your position, your skill your academics, your parameters, your location, and many, many more reasons. I truly believe a talented, hardworking, dedicated high school student-athlete can play their sport in college, somewhere. I invite you to go back and listen to as many past episodes of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, episodes like 258 through 262 on the steps of recruiting. If you have listened before, and as the podcast intro said, I have a current college athlete and a high school senior that is just signed to play college baseball next year. Both paths to college were different paths, and both of our household athletes are completely different. Parker, my older son, is a senior at Northwestern University. He pitches for the Northwestern Wildcats in the Big Ten Conference. Sutton will finish his high school year and will go on to Columbia College in Columbia, Missouri as an outfielder for the NAIA-level Cougars. I will mix in some of their experiences throughout this episode. One of the challenges for high school athletes is maturity. Many athletes, especially boys, develop at different times and many develop late, like in their junior and senior years of high school. You do commonly hear about high schoolers getting recruiting attention as a freshman or a sophomore. Newspapers, local sports newscasts, and social media will cover and promote those elite local players. College coaches will know about those high schoolers that are dominating their sport, and usually those players that are bigger and early maturing athletes. Most athletes that get early attention still need to educate themselves on the academics, their setting of parameters, and the ins and outs of dealing with their upcoming college career. Most of the student athletes will not be recruited until they reach a maturity level to be a college athlete 
and to compete at the college level. RecruitMe suggests that you start your recruiting plan in your freshman and sophomore years of high school. Since the student-athletes' academics start the first day of school your freshman year, and since an overwhelming amount of scholarships contain academic money. You can learn and research those first two years of high school so you'll be ready for the college coach's attention your junior and senior years. My boys didn't mature much until late into their junior and senior years. Both are baseball players. They both played basketball in high school too. Both in high school are 6 foot to 6 one and weighed 100 to 155 pounds. Parker gained 15 pounds in his first semester of college and is now 195 pounds as a senior in college. Sutton is working on gaining weight and getting stronger as he starts his spring senior season of high school baseball and will enter college. So, as you mature physically, mentally, and academically, and your sports skills improve, your levels of competitive play will increase. Some high school student-athletes are from small schools and towns where they get to play at the high school varsity level in their freshman or sophomore years all the way through their senior year. But they may not be the best player on the team or have the best times on the track because they are competing against older teammates in competition. Some high school student-athletes are at schools where it is very competitive to just be on the team let alone get varsity minutes or start or be a star. One of the reasons I got into recruiting education was that I saw many student-athletes that weren't the star of the team or was the first player off the bench or was the third starting pitcher or batted sixth in the lineup at our large school or at an area large school, but I felt that they could still play their sport in college. In our family, there are five recent and current student-athletes. My brother has three kids and I have two. Cody, the oldest, played football and baseball in high school and got an offer and committed to play baseball for an NAIA college in Missouri. Cody didn't play baseball in his senior year of high school because of the number of baseball players at our school. He played club baseball and used that to help get a college offer. Parker, my oldest son, played basketball and baseball in high school. He started on the JV baseball team his freshman year and played sparingly in varsity his freshman year. He split JV and varsity time on the basketball team his sophomore year and started his junior and senior years of basketball and was an all-conference selection in both years. He started as an outfielder and a pitcher in baseball his sophomore, junior, and senior years at Ozark. Ozark is a 5A and a 6A level school in Missouri with 400 to 450 graduates a year. Parker was all-conference his junior and senior year in baseball and was the conference pitcher of the year his junior year. He started getting NAIA and NCAA Division II attention his junior baseball season and signed his national letter of intent in November of his senior year after he emailed Northwestern and they watched him pitch in a showcase in South Chicago area. Easton is my brother's middle child and played football and baseball at Ozark. He played JV and varsity in both sports his junior year of high school and started in both sports his senior year. Easton took classes at a local community college after he graduated and then grew to be 6'2 after he graduated. He decided he wanted to play college football and finished his college football at an NCAA Division III college. Olivia is my brother's youngest and only girl of the bunch. Olivia played golf and basketball at Ozark. She had never played golf until her sophomore year of high school, and her and her team went to the state tournament twice. Olivia played and started all four years of basketball and had a successful individual and team career. Olivia played her freshman year in college at a local NAIA college, and had a tough year because of COVID and a coaching change. So she transferred to another NAIA college and is in mid-season there now. Sutton, the youngest of the cousins, and my youngest son, played basketball until this season, his senior year, and plays baseball. He lost his sophomore baseball season to COVID 
and played outfield and pitched on the Ozark JV team and traveled and courtesy and pinch ran on the varsity team his junior year. Sutton got one at bat. Actually, zero because he sacrificed bunted at that at bat. So essentially, he got zero at-bats at the varsity level his junior year. The seniors ahead of him last year had six players go on to play college baseball. And the current senior class, his class, class of 2022, has at least five going to play college baseball. I bring all of this up because all of our family's kids had different experiences in high school and all had to reach out to coaches to get their opportunities to play where they played, are playing, and are going. By just these examples, it shows that with a lot of work in the gym, on the field, in the classroom, and by doing research and contacting college coaches, these high school student-athletes, the ones in my family, which are good student-athletes but not great, found college spots in their sports. If you are at a big competitive high school or play on a team with lots of talent ahead of you, then there is a chance to still get an athletic scholarship and an opportunity to continue your playing career. Go to recruit-me.com to start with the free recruiting power pack. Now, if you are at a smaller school or in an area where colleges don't scout your sport, then you guessed it, you need to learn how to properly contact college coaches and let them know who you are, what you are, and that you are interested in their program. According to NCAA.org, there are 7.2 million high school student-athletes and 182,681 go on to play NCAA sports at the Division I level. That is 2.5% of all high school student-athletes play on a Division I team in all 24 sports at that level. If you are not that blue-chip recruit or the best player on your team, then there are still many chances to play college sports. It could still be the NCAA primetime Division I level in football, basketball, or baseball, or some of the other slightly less primetime sports like track and field, soccer, or lacrosse. You could play at the national champion football Georgia Bulldogs or the always top Kentucky Wildcat basketball team. There are top teams in every sport. You can look at mid-major teams like my Missouri State Bears or the Richmond Spiders or lesser-known Division I colleges like State University of New York at Binghampton or Alcorn State University. There are 350 NCAA Division I men's basketball programs. So, there are NCAA Division I opportunities that you may need to dig into to find one that fits. We did that with Parker. Northwestern would have never known about Parker if Parker hadn't sent an email, video, and filled out their online recruiting questionnaire. We did research and we found a fit. You can't wait for colleges to always find you. Now, there are even more quality opportunities out there with the NCAA Division II and Division III levels, the NAIA level, the NCCAA level, and the NJCAA levels. NCAA Division II has another 122,722 student-athletes. The NCAA Division III level has 193,814 with Division II having 302 colleges and Division III having 439 colleges. On NAIA.org, the homepage shows that there are 77,000 student-athletes at 250 NAIA-level schools, and the NCCAA, the National Christian College Athletic Association, there are 85 programs as of 2021 in the NCCAA, and 520 colleges, and there are 60,000 student-athletes in the junior college ranks also. Go to NCAA.org, NAIA.org, NCCAA.org, and NJCAA.org for more information on each level of play.
I hope my point is getting across. If you are a talented, dedicated athlete, there are many, many opportunities out there if you do some research and contact coaches. Opportunities may not be at the college or the level that you have dreamed about, but playing at any college level is still a unique and prestigious opportunity. In a tweet by William Payne at Tweets by Coach P, he says, The primary problem with the Division I or bus mentality is that most controlled by that thinking are far too often the ones least likely to have a real chance to go Division I. Therefore, also most likely to be the ones to miss real opportunities that can change their lives. Coach Payne is a former college basketball coach and a current college athletic director. Another tweet, this one by at get placed, was, If they don't know who you are, how are they supposed to recruit you? Start the introduction and make yourself known. And then a tweet at the underscore CA Advantage Twitter page. They say, Creating a wide net at appropriate levels may be the single most important thing that a player can do to help the recruiting process. You don't have to be the best player on your team to play a sport in college. There are many more examples of this than just my family's opportunities. Look around your local area and you will see many other successes. Also, even the best player on your team or in the area needs guidance, needs to do research, needs to have a plan, and needs to find that right fit. How many stars from your area committed at a high-level college and either didn't end up actually going or ended up not playing very much and just rode the bench or ended up just quitting? Getting an offer and making a commitment to the biggest and highest profile school is not the goal. Getting into a college and onto a team that fits you is the most important goal. Go find your best fit, no matter what your high school or club situation is. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is one of the free resources that RecruitMe brings to the Recruiting Toolbox. The Recruiting Power Pack has three items that will help you get going on your recruiting trail. The first item is a PDF download with the first steps to an athletic scholarship. Item number two is an audio tutorial about when and how to use video. Item number three is a template to help you build a student-athlete player profile to send to your list of colleges. Get the free recruiting power pack at recruit-me.com. If you like the free recruiting power pack, then you can move to the RecruitMe 3.0 athletic scholarship system. Go to recruit-me.com backslash system to get more information and to take advantage of the new year special of only $89. You get instant access to how-to videos and the companion 200 plus page step-by-step manual and template workbook. The DIY recruiting system will move you toward getting your athletic scholarship. Get started today. Join me next Tuesday for episode 287 and myth number eight about athletic scholarships. Myth number eight is schools only give scholarships for the money sports like football and basketball. Find out the truth about this myth next week. Join me next week for 15 minutes that will change your athletic scholarship future on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast.